Hey, what's up everybody and welcome to Rock Video Rental. I am Brandon, with me as always is Caleb. And we are continuing on with Awesomely Bad Month. And this week we're going to be talking about um, a rather talked about one. <laughs> Par- parodied. Um, yeah, kind of a famous one, I suppose. But before we get to all that, uh, Caleb, what have you been watching? Uh, well, to continue your thought there, like I knew about this movie before I knew what the movie was because <laughs> uh, there's all those memes, GIFs, different things like that. So I had seen a bunch of that stuff, but never known what movie it was specifically. So mm-hmm. it'll be it'll be interesting to talk about, no doubt. Um, well, I got behind on things, and so I didn't really get to watch anything that was new. Um, I did finish the last of us. It was the finale. Um, small complaint. Um, I don't know why you make the finale episode, your shortest episode. That's weird. Yeah, but they did. And I have some other thoughts on that. I'm actually expecting to post our first TikTok video in a long time tomorrow where I kind of discuss my thoughts on the finale episode. I don't really go into detail and spoil anything, but I don't know. I'm just curious, especially if people who played the game and watched the show, what their thoughts are. So if anybody's on that train and been watching that or playing that game, uh, I'll be trying to have a discussion on TikTok about that. But um, the unique conversation that I wanted to add, it's not something I watched, but it fits because of awesomely bad month and also we've talked about this movie before but uh when i went on my trip i had music selected and i told you before that i grabbed a couple of these songs from um miami connection yeah (laughs) so i was i was hoping that my wife would take notice and be like what is this music but there was no (laughs) such instance um but i do have an interesting thing thing to say i don't know if i'll be putting it up for debate right now but maybe you have a quick thought so the two songs i listened to were the um friends for eternity the theme song basically yeah and then uh the other main song of course which was against the ninja (laughs) yes and i the first time we watched it i was like friends for eternity so epic so great like just fits so well for a soundtrack song but the more i've listened to both of them the more i feel like against the ninja is the more epic of the two (laughs) because the woman sounds just like pat benatar uh maybe that's like a ripoff of pat benatar oh yeah totally rip off total rip off but i don't know i mean it 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 rocks pretty good, and uh, I just feel like it, maybe it was put together better, uh, completely audio wise, or maybe maybe someone with more uh, music uh, theory and knowledge could discern the two and be and say one for sure is kind of put together better. But I think I would have to say against the ninja might be the better of the two. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, did you know that the the Wish dot com version of John Oates wrote those songs? <laughs> I do remember you saying that. <laughs> yeah, he did both of them. Um, yeah, my favorite thing with that song is with at the point when they sing it in the movie, they haven't even introduced the ninjas yet. <laughs> yeah, I remember you mentioning that. <laughs> Uh, and I, I didn't catch that. Uh, definitely the first time I didn't catch that. So <laughs> it took me a few uh, viewings of that movie to pick that up. Yeah. Uh, classic movie mistake. So what about you? Uh, what have you been watching? Uh, I got a pretty long list. I've been like super swamped with work. So I haven't really like left my desk too much all mm-hmm. week. So I'm just going to have movies on in the background. Um, we've been watching some more Friends. Uh, we just watched the one where, um, Chandler and Monica get engaged. Okay. So we're quite a ways through the series. Uh, and then movies, I watched this movie called The Quest. 
It's not the Van Damme one. It's got um, the kid that played Elliot from E.T. in it. Um, the alternate title for it is Frog Dreaming. What? Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like an Australian kids movie. I don't think I'd ever watch it again. The poster's really sweet looking, but yeah. <laughs> Basically, like, he, like, a friend of his goes missing, and he finds out there's, like, some kind of creature in this lake, and it's, like, some aboriginal myth or something. I don't know. Um, other than that bizarre movie, uh, I watched the movie Parenthood, the Steve Martin movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was really good. I, the first time I ever seen that movie. Hmm. That's got a super young Keanu in it too. Oh, nice! And a super young um, Joaquin Phoenix. All right. Yeah, like if you look at the cast, the cast is pretty amazing in it. Because like Rick Moranis is in it too, <laughs> and Mary Steenburgen, and like yeah, it's even like these big name people they even have small roles in it. It's just kind of funny to look back on. I can't remember if I've seen that or not because I'm thinking of some of the things from Father of the Bride and things like that. So, oh, yeah. I mean, the comedy is like kind of right there, the same as Father of the Bride. Uh, it's kind of like a, a dramedy because it's got it's like some serious dramatic moments. Okay. But they're handled really well and the, like, the tone goes up and down, but it seems to flow. I don't know. It's hard to explain. But, um, but then I watched. Uh, after finding out that Brendan Fraser won the Academy Award, I was like, I'm gonna watch a Brendan Fraser movie. So I watched uh the movie Airheads <laughs> that uh he was in with uh Steve Buscemi and Adam Sandler. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but that movie's just ridiculous. It's pretty good. That's I've another not... one. It's got a really good cast in it too. Yeah, I've not seen the whole thing. Did you hear? Um, oh crap! I there was a joke about oh i think it was um oh who's the the dude who did the oscars uh jimmy 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 kimmel Kimmel. yeah i think it was jimmy kimmel's intro um because i didn't watch oscars oscars i watched highlights um you watched oscar instead (laughs) (laughs) ouch um he talked about people who had been nominated and he talked about um Gosh, I'm I'm terrible. I'm gonna be using his uh name from one short round and um Brendan mm. Frazier. Yeah. I really should get down his name, but um and they were in Encino Man. Yeah. And he made uh he made a comment about that and he's like, Oh, who would have thought that two actors from Encino Man would have been here nominated so many years later. And then they said, and then he said, somebody should go check on Polly Shore, make sure he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's great. I love Encino, man. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh. So along with that, I also watched uh, the movie, the watchers. It's got Corey Haim in it. It's like a, like a sci-fi horror movie where it's like the super intelligent dog that, this company was doing research on like the government was doing research on shows up at Corey Haim's house and like tries to warn him. There's like this genetically engineered monster that's coming after him. Yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting. It wasn't too bad. Um, I don't know. I just like watching Corey Haim movies, but, uh, I also watched this, uh, weird martial arts movie called low blow. Okay. I don't know. It was on Plex. It was, I'd probably never watch it again. It was really weird. Um, And it's considered kind of like an awesomely bad movie. But I found it more boring than anything. So that wouldn't suggest that one. Uh, And then I watched uh, Just One of the Guys, which is a movie I've seen quite a few times. I kind of went off into like an 80s teen movie tangent, and especially like John Hughes movies after that. um, I watched Ferris Bueller. Uh, Pretty in Pink, Some Kind of Wonderful, and uh, Weird Science. Rock. Yeah. (laughs) So that was pretty much it. Oh, and 16 Candles I watched last week. So, yeah. That is pretty much it for me. That's an enormous list. and might be the biggest list I've ever had. 
Rock. Yeah, that was a pretty long one. So another thing I did watch is The Wicker Man <laughs> with the amazing acting stylings of Mr. Nicholas Cage. So we should probably talk about that. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Afternoon. Sorry about that. It's okay. I'll get it. Give me your hand! Edward, I know that we haven't spoken in a few years. I need your help. I need your help. I have a daughter. Her name is Rowan. She has been missing for two weeks now. I fear she is in danger, so now I turn to you. Be careful and believe nothing that you see or hear. Lost your bearings? Oh, hey. Sorry. Snuck up on me there. This is private property. Do you know her? Hmm. I don't recognize this child. Welcome. still here. She has been taken by who I don't know. I'll find her. If she existed, we would know of her. Whose desk is this, hmm? Rowan? Hello? You suspect foul play. Hey! The wicker man returns. Who's the wicker man? I'm gonna search every inch of this town. She'll burn to death. She burned to death. I need your help. So The Wicker Man is from 2006. It is directed by Neil LeBute. LeBute? I don't know how to say Le Bow? Le Bow Bow? Le Bow Bow. So the plot is a sheriff investigating the disappearance of a young girl from a small island discovers there's a large mystery to solve among the island's secretive neo-pagan community. Uh, the cast, we got Nicolas Cage as Edward Malice, uh, Ellen Burstyn as Sister Summer's Isle, uh, Lily Sobieski, who I completely forgot about until this movie, um, as Sister Honey, and um, Kate Bean as Sister Willow Woodward. Uh, yeah, Lily Sobieski, I forgot that she was a thing. Yeah, dude. And she was in what I really remember her from is, um, oh my gosh, how am I blank? I always blank on the name of this movie, but it's got uh, Paul Walker and Steve Zahn in it, and they're brothers. And Joy like, Ryan? Lily so yeah, Joey Ryan, Lily Sobieski was, um, Paul Walker's girlfriend, okay, <laughs> or like friend or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. it's funny because I always thought she looked like a young Helen Hunt. I kind of thought that too, uh, and I'm kind of glad that you took a moment to mention her. I'm actually a little surprised that she wasn't in anything bigger, um, looking at the list of her movies, but she was totally one of those people where I was saw her and I was like, oh yeah, her. But the other thing that I wanted to say about her is that she's also one of those people where she has just like a look where it is very distinguished. Yeah. Um, I think it's something to do with her eyes, but just like she stands out. It, 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 you, when you watch this movie, you can actually see it because you look at all the other people on all the other women on the Island and she stands out from all of them because of her distinguished look. I can't really explain it better than that, but it's just interesting. Uh, and it's not just this movie, but that's kind of how she is. So, yeah, I guess you would say kind of captivating. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It's 
kind of hard to explain where she really cornered the market and whatever it was that she brought to the table because nobody else kind of is similar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really hard to explain, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But, but yeah, when she popped up, I'm like, oh my God, I forgot about her. Yeah. Because <laughs> she had like a a brief like stretch there where she was kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I think Joyride is right around the time this came out. Because okay. I remember seeing Joyride in theater in high school. And I don't think I was old enough. To... Oh, it was five years before this. 2001, yeah. That is looked yeah. up. I was going to say, I wasn't old enough to, like, see it in a theater. So, like, my mom took my friend and I to it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Paul Walker, bruh. So Didn't this tell was me, a first time watch for me. And I'm assuming it's a first time watch for you too. Yes. Like I knew what the, the Wicker Man was about. Just being a horror fan. Because I mean this is a remake. Mm-hmm. Was well, 70s um, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like I knew what the whole story was about and everything. But I mean this one changes some things too. But yeah I've never... Never seen this one before, and I'm going to say this movie was kind of a mess. Yeah, well, okay, so <laughs> I came in, and I the only experiences or um, connection to this movie that I had prior, like I said, was memes uh, and GIFs. So I knew the B thing um, with the B basket, whatever thing you want to call it. Um, but then also the, uh, I didn't realize it though, was the doll and how did they get burned? (laughs) Those are basically the only two things that I knew, uh, that I had known prior (laughs) to watching it. So this whole thing was new. So I didn't know the premise and yeah, with no context whatsoever, this, this was really weird. (laughs) Yeah. I knew the basic plot of the movie and like I, like you said I knew the the whole bees in a basket thing on his head and Nicolas Cage punching women in the face <laughs> <laughs> I knew about that but uh and I knew it was one of those movies where he went like super unhinged at one point uh but that was pretty much all I knew going into it too <clears throat> so I mean give like a brief overview so he's a you know, like the plot said he's a detective. Uh starts off that opening scene is very strange. Yeah. Where he picks up like this doll off the road and he like goes and gives it to the car where it came from. And it's like this bratty girl. Keeps throwing it out of the car and he goes and gets it and then like a semi flies out of nowhere and just smokes it. And he's trying to save the girl and he can't get her out and it like blows up and they show he's got like PTSD from it, and the officer gets like this letter from his woman that he used to date saying, like, Oh, we have a daughter, and I can't find her, and I'm on this island. So then he goes there, he shows up, starts investigating it, and like strange things start happening. Mm-hmm. And well, uh, so not to talk, jump in and before talking through everything, but. That was one of the most confusing things was the opening scene because so much stemmed <laughs> off of that because he was um, on meds and he was kind of crazy after that, you know? Yeah. And so it's just like, I mean, it played into him going to the island and doing all of that. And so it's just like, so did it... It really, it really happened, but it's just like, was that planned, or uh, I, I didn't really understand how that, how that played into things. If, if I'm making sense, yeah. Well, the thing that really confused me is like the young girl that kept throwing the doll out of the, the car, looked a lot like the girl that he was supposed to be finding. And at first I was like, is it the same girl? Or did they just do a bad job of casting where it's two people that look similar and they really don't have too much of a connection? Yeah, I... 
That's why I said this movie is a big time mess. Um, dude, there's so many flashbacks in this. Mm-hmm. I guess if we if we want to get into the the normal way we do do of doing this, uh, things that are good. Um, did you want to start with what's bad? We'll kind of switch it around a little bit. <laughs> um, sure, if you wanna. Yeah, I just thought there was way too many flashbacks and like visions. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. I had a hard time following this movie. Yeah, this was that was a part that I thought too, where it did not help. Like a lot of times in movies, I don't know if I would say in this genre, but kind of in this realm, they do some of those flashbacks to like, or well, some things weren't even flashbacks. They were just like he was hallucinating or whatever, mm-hmm. and it just didn't. Um, like they're going for ambiguity, but it was too much. Like it was, you were starting to lose it. Man, I'm trying to think of some of the things that have used it that have been successful. But I don't know. It, it lost me partway through and go ahead. This movie felt very much like Italian horror to me. I know you don't have like a lot of experience in that, but Italian horror is big on like the fever dream feel mm-hmm. where it kind of blurs the reality and like everything else that's going on. So it's like kind of confusing because usually when I watch like Italian horror movies, I have to go back and read about it to try to figure out what the heck happened. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I felt like with this movie. Like, I, could, I had a really hard time figuring out what was going on. And anytime something interesting would happen, it seemed like it was just like a vision or a hallucination. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just and... got to the point where I just didn't care. I was like, yeah. okay, you know, fool me once, shame on me. You know, fool me twice, shame on you. Fool me three times, like, I'm completely lost and I don't care anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of overplayed a little bit. I do feel like at this time... Um, in like the early 2000s, mid 2000s, um, this was kind of like a fad um, for movies to do the flashbacks or the hallucinations and make you question what is real and try to trick you and things like that. And mm-hmm. so product of its time kind of maybe, <clears throat> but the execution just wasn't there. Yeah. Maybe handled by a better writer and director or something. Maybe, it yeah. It could have been done better. Um, or maybe the final editing and piecing together. Uh, perhaps. I don't, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> other things that are bad. Uh, Nicolas Cage's line delivery in this entire movie is almost alien. Yeah, I he, do, he does not play this character in a way that any human being would ever act. <laughs> yeah, he had like two modes basically, like laissez faire, do not care, uh, whatever. I'm Nicolas Cage, um, yeah. and then like turn it up to bananas, <laughs> <laughs> turn turn it up to eleven, losing my mind. How did it get burned? How did it get burned? <laughs> yeah oh gosh when he flies off the handle with that kind of stuff yeah oh. which is interesting because um where is it oh no where'd he go like this is so this is 2006 um i would say that he really kind of took off with his career in the mid 90s so it's like 10 years into his well, more than 10 years, but 10 years into his stride, you know, like he's hit his stride, he's he's acting, he's, he's doing a, he's on... He's an A-list actor. Yeah, and yeah. so I agree with you where maybe it's the directors that make the difference for Nicolas Cage because I, I don't know any other, unless this was like, a money grab and he was not really into it at all. Yeah. 
I can't think of any other explanation for such a unique underperformance for him. Uh, underperform more like a overperformance. <laughs> Uh, under and over actually yeah. yeah it's like like you said the first half of the movie he's just kind of like falling asleep or something and then the second half it's like the director told him it's like dude just go nuts <laughs> and then he's like screaming at people punching women in the face oh man oh, that was man. great yeah uh just the weird delivery of things and like i said the way he acts like no human being ever would when he first gets to the island and he's talking to the woman that gives him that mug of mead. Mm -hmm. And then like, he's like, I think all of you should know that he takes like his badge out and he's slamming it on the counter. <laughs> he's like, I'm here for official business. And by the way, he has no jurisdiction yeah, at all yep. because he's from, um, California, he's a cop in California, and this island is off the coast of Washington. Washington, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's just there trying to find his daughter that he never knew he had. Mm, well, is it even his daughter technically? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, is it the girl at the beginning? Is it not? Yeah, that's I, the, I don't even know. That's the thing too, where it's just like. If they answered more questions at the end, it would have, I think it would have helped. Um, I, man, again, I really wish I had maybe something for comparison. I'm not sure if there's anything that done this, that's done it before where it's just like they just give you question after question and question and they leave it up to you to kind of like decide at the end what you think is real or not. But this one was just such a mess where it's just like, come on, yeah, to give us something. I mean, they, they gave you the real purpose behind everything, but all the other things, it's just like, yeah, you're, you're stuck. Yeah. There's so much emphasis on trivial things in this movie. Um, you know, I mentioned him slamming his badge on the counter. There's another scene too, where he goes into a school and mm -hmm. he like claps his hands super loud. <laughs> and it's like, are you just trying to get everybody's attention or like are you trying to make a point? And I'm like, I just don't understand why there's so much emphasis on weird things. Because it's a weird movie. It is. And like everybody on this island's very strange. It's mostly women. Um, and it's, it's a small island. There's only like a handful of people there. And he's asked, he's like, have you seen this girl? And everybody's like, coming to like the roundabout. Mm -hmm. And you'll know, go to the school scene too. He goes in there. The teacher said, never heard of him. None of the kids are like, like, Oh, we don't know who that is. And then he looks at like the, the attendance records and sees that the girl's name is crossed out. He's like, you're all liars. <laughs> He's like you li lying little brats or something like that. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, there's so many things in this movie that are just so incredibly bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about Lily Sobieski. There's a weird scene with her too, where it doesn't go anywhere because. He walks up to her and he's asking her questions and she's giving him the roundabout too. And then she kind of leans in and she's like, when you leave, take me with you. Yeah. And it's like, okay, is she going to like help him escape or like help him figure out what happened to this girl? And she wants to leave the Island cause she doesn't like how this coal is, but it doesn't ever go anywhere. Yeah. It's well, just a really weird scene. <laughs> Well, that's what I, dang it, man, you were supposed to have some answers because <laughs> I was coming into this with the question because at the very end of the movie, um, where the two girls are in the bar and James Franco makes an appearance. Yeah. Um, she says the same thing to James Franco. And so I'm just like, okay, so is she legit? Like trying to get out of this? Like this is the second time that she's been trying to get out of this. And it seems like she's wanting out 
And and so that I think that see that's another thing too that leaves you with a bad taste in your mouth because it wasn't as simple as oh they're they're setting up another play to get a guy for a sacrifice or whatever. Yeah. They left you with the whole thing on her trying saying something about wanting help to essentially escape. And it's like okay that and so they're leaving you with that being like, oh, this is like the most important detail. And it's like, then explain it. Like, is it legit? Is she legit trying to get away? <laughs> or what's the deal? So that because if if they had left it with um whoever was Nicholas Cage's um fiance, sister Willow, yeah. um, if it had just been her and she was j- essentially baiting a guy. You'd be like, oh, okay, well, they're just showing that they're setting it up again to get another guy for the future. But then they throw in that all that little mess with uh, Sister Honey trying to escape. And so it's just like, well, what is that about? Yeah. Well, I have to mention, too, before we get way too far into that. Um, so we watched the theatrical cut of this movie. The part with James Franco at the end. Mm-hmm. That's only in the theatrical cut. There's an extended cut. That's the one that has the bees, the bees in it. That we we didn't get to see like the most infamous part of the movie because well, it wasn't in the version we watched. I mean, I've seen it before because I've seen it on YouTube. Yeah, I watched it on YouTube. And so basically, did it just end with the burning then? Yeah. Okay. Because I wasn't sure if the they just added the bee part and it still ended with James Franco. No, the the whole James Franco thing wasn't in the extended cut. Okay. Cuz cuz that yeah. would make that would make more sense to me if um if they just cut out the end there. That that would have made me feel better about the end. Yeah. Um Yeah, cuz that I I feel like the the ending to this one uh, with the whole James Franco thing, like it it did have some impact, and it just kind of showed like, oh okay, they were all in it the whole time. You know, you got reaffirmed with that that this Willow was just like using Nicolas Cage, to, like seduce him, and then. Use him as a sacrifice, but why did she wait so many years? Is yeah. what I want to know. Yeah, I don't get it either. But so it's there's also a lot of uh convenience things that happen. Like, okay, so for instance, the whole the main reason why he had the opportunity and he felt somewhat compelled to go to the island was because he was on leave because of the experience with that truck and the station wagon crashing. Mm-hmm. So was that set up by them? Did they right. did they set that up? And if they did, how the heck did they set up the truck hitting the car? Like that within itself would just be absolute nonsense to set up. Dude, and okay, he's a police officer. How stupid is he? Like he's trying to get that girl out of that car. Why does he try to bust out the back windshield? Why didn't he bust out the side window? Yeah. He tried to bust out the back windshield and like windshields have a protective coating on them that keeps them from like um glass falling in mm-hmm. like this kind of sh- like spider web and it becomes like flexible yeah like you should just bust it out the side window and unlock the door open the door and pulled her out yeah and here he is slamming his helmet into the back windshield and like trying to bust the glass out and like <laughs> the whole time i'm like what the hell is he doing mm-hmm and then was there something with the female cop? Was she in on it? Yeah, she was in on it. Okay, because like I, I didn't completely understand that. And because remember when she handed him that letter, there was no, um, postage. Yeah, there was no postage on it. Yeah, I mean, she was part of it. So this cult gets a woman because she was a legit cop. Gets a woman, sends her to the mainland. Has her go to like the police academy, become a cop, so they can like bring in Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Okay. But, but then how about... you find out too with James Franco later on that he was in the police academy. 
Yeah. So what's the obsession with cops? Right. I, maybe it's their they're thinking that it's going to be in their nature to try to solve a mystery. But here, here's the biggest flaw. Here, here's the biggest thing. What if Nicolas Cage found someone else and got married? <laughs> like he wouldn't, I, I he wouldn't have been motivated to go find her and help her. Right. So it's just like they just banked and were hoping that he was going to be single for what? What did they say? Ten years or how? What whatever it was. Yeah, I don't remember how old the little girl was supposed to be, like eight or nine or something. Yeah, so it's just like, I mean, that's a huge. What if he died? What if he died in that accident? Yeah. What if he was like, um, after like two years or something, he's sitting on a toilet taking a dump and has a heart attack. (laughs) It's like I don't understand this plan. It would make more sense. If these women at the end, like, go to the bar, seduce these guys, and then, like, drug them and take them to the island. Yeah, but there was some huge thing about, like, oh, you came here from your own free will, blah, blah, blah. But that factor, too, would have made more sense where it's just like, okay, we were engaged last year. You disappeared. Then you come back into my life, like, a year later. But, no, it's, like, eight or nine years later. That's like a huge, a lot of variables happen in eight or nine years. So yeah, a lot of things where it's just like, I I like to live in the world, the realm of reality, you know, <laughs> and this is just nonsense. Oh yeah, totally. Um, So since we kind of covered almost everything that was bad, I mean, there's so much bad in this movie, we could go on forever, but... Things that were good. I thought the island was a good setting because it's secluded. Mm-hmm. And kind of, you know, he gets... <laughs> the whole scene where he's trying to figure out how to get to the island's hilarious because he has, like, this um, pilot who does deliveries to the island. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, I don't know. He's like, they're really uh, cut off. They don't want visitors. And they're not going to take kindly to me bringing a, a stranger. And then this is what Nicolas Cage says to him. He's like, well, how about you bring me and my friends? And the guy's like, huh? He's like, how about me and uh, President uh, Grant and his friend Ulysses? Mm-hmm. So you're giving him a hundred bucks? Ooh, He money. couldn't just say, how about me and my friend, Mr. Benjamin Franklin? Like, I've never heard anybody say, oh, here's my... Friend, President Grant and his friend Ulysses. <laughs> this is so weird. How about my friend Mr. Washington joins us? <laughs> and 99 of his twin brothers, or whatever that would be. Yeah. <laughs> and a couple of small Abraham Lincolns. Yeah, kind of like $100.30 <laughs> to go here. This is what I got. And then a the guy's just kind of like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Now, well, now that changes things. Well, okay. Speaking of the pilot real quick, why did they kill him? I don't know. Because <laughs> that too doesn't make sense because they wanted Nicolas Cage to get there. But yeah. then they killed the pilot for doing what they wanted him to. Yeah. So that doesn't make sense. Did you also know <laughs> that they made him look like the Wicker Man? Like no, they, they cut did, off, didn't they? Yeah, they cut off his wrists, and he had like, I don't know if it was tendons or they shoved sticks in there or whatever. It looked really weird and gross. So yeah, oh, I guess I didn't notice that. Now that you say that, now I see it. Oh, so things that are great. There's really not much. I got more like unanswerable questions in this movie, and we'll get to that a little bit later. <laughs> um. So things that are great, I have the general uneasiness of the island cult of women. Yeah. Because it's right from the get-go, you know, something's not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's but... just, you, you're trying to figure it out. But, like, the farther on it goes, like, the more just, like, painfully awkward it gets. And it kind of loses some of that feel. But right from the get-go, it's kind of uneasy. Yeah, the um, I I had that down kind of in a different way, but just basically the main women of the cult like really nailed their roles. 
because yeah. I thought that Summer's Isle they did a good job with her like being a leader but then at the end her face is painted like she's going to like a I don't know like a Penn State game because <laughs> like Bowie half concert. her face is like white half of it's blue yeah it was really really bizarre uh, another thing I thought was great is I thought the double cross of Willow and everything was kind of handled fairly well at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't anything that blindsided me, and I knew that like we haven't saw the Wicker Man yet, and I knew how the movie ended, just like knowing how the original ended. But I thought that the double cross, even though it was kind of rushed, was handled fairly well. Yeah, where it's like, oh, okay. Like she was in on it the whole time. And then when they had like they showed her and Lily Sobieski seducing those guys at the bar, kind of wrapped it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's awkward and clunky as it was. It kinda made a little sense. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, no, I um I mean I kind of saw it coming too, like once you realize, okay, this is a cult full of women, she's a woman. You know, you can't really trust anybody. This whole thing's messed up and she's acting weird about it. Um, but yeah, the the final, the climactic scene at the end with the burning and everything, and if it had ended there, that would have been pretty darn good. Like that, that ending scene and the dramatic finish, not everything was perfect, but it was one of the strongest parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was done well. But uh, one quick thing I realized, too, um, on the whole thing of, oh, it's convenient and it worked out so well, is what if Nicolas Cage had drowned in that crypt during the night? <laughs> right, when he thinks he sees the girl and, like, the door gets shut on him and he can't get out? Yeah, it's just yeah. like he could have drowned and then the whole thing would have been ruined. But Yeah. And on top of that, maybe last thought with that, is, like, if they had the men under their control so much, why couldn't one of them sacrifice themselves willingly? Yeah. Like it had to be an outsider, which is, doesn't make any sense anyways. So moving on. Oh, uh, one of the unanswerable things I had. So Nicholas cage is a detective. He shows up at this Island. And when he first gets there, like these women are like, who are you? What are you doing here? kind of thing um if he was a good detective he'd instantly be like okay what are they trying to hide and then like these women walk up and he's like your bag is dripping Mm -hmm. and like they got this bag and it's dripping blood he's like what do you got in there a shark like why would (laughs) that would be his first thought and then they're like take a look and he looks in there and he's obviously disturbed by what he sees in there did he even does nothing about it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, did he did he even get a really good look at it? Because they like jumped at him and kind of spooked him. I didn't even know if he really got a good look in the back. Oh no, he he looked in there and you could see the expression change on his face. And then they did that jump thing, and they're like laughing about it. And you could tell that he was kind of disturbed mm-hmm. by either what he saw or the, like their reaction to it. But he does nothing, and he's a detective. He, he yeah. should have instantly been like, "Yeah, you're all under arrest." Yeah. But then also, what kind of stupid cop goes somewhere and doesn't tell somebody where he's going? <laughs> right. And he has he has no connection to the outside world because there's no um, cell service yeah. on this island either. Mm hmm. So Nicholas Cage, one of the worst sheriffs ever. <laughs> The world's worst detective. Oh, gosh. Oh, also, I, I know, you, I'm sure you thought of this too. So there's a whole thing with him being allergic to bees. But this entire <laughs> island, like, they're beekeepers and they sell honey. Why, why would he only bring two EpiPens? Mm-hmm. And that goes back to what I just said. I'm being like, okay, you're allergic to bees. You're going to where there are bees. You're only taking two EpiPens. Really stupid. Wouldn't you also think like, okay, I'm putting myself in a very vulnerable place. 
I should tell somebody where I'm going because there's a chance that something could happen to me. Even <laughs> if the kidnapping wasn't real and nothing really happened with that, it's just like, I'm going to be somewhere where people should know where I'm at. Yeah. Really, the only person that would have known where he was was the woman that gave him the note, the police officer, but then she was in on it. Yeah, well, the, like, he, he couldn't tell anybody else. Well, he talked a little bit with the uh, other officer where he mentioned about somebody he had been engaged to, but I don't think he said anything about where it was. Yeah. Or if he did, it wasn't specific on being like, oh, yeah, it's on an island off the coast of Washington. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man, I had something else, too. Oh, yeah, so uh, being allergic to bees. And then there's a scene where all of a sudden bees start coming after him. And instead of turning around and running back where he came from, he runs into the area where they have more bees. <laughs> and then he, like, knocks one over, and then they, they all start stinging him like crazy. Mm -hmm. He falls down. The beekeepers, like, help him. And then he wakes up in the bed at, like, the head of the cult's house. And the woman's talking to him. And he's like, did you use my EpiPen and my adrenaline? And she said, no, we did it the old-fashioned way. But then they don't explain what that is. <laughs> and he's just kind of like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but then later on, when he gets stung by bees, when they put the the cage on his head, when they put the Nicholas cage on a Nicholas cage set, <laughs> and it's full of bees, and they get the, the bees, not the bees, part. And they sting him, and he's allergic to bees, so he starts dying, and then they give him the EpiPen. Mm -hmm. They couldn't do the old-fashioned way that time? Apparently not. Yeah. Oh. So, let's just go right into the favorite scenes and quotes, <laughs> because there's so many, like, wacky, off-the-wall things. Um, when he starts, like, punching women and stuff, it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. You got, like, the big burly woman who's, like, the barkeeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, he punches her first. And then he gets in a fight with Lily Sobieski. And he just, like, thrust kicks her in the chest. <laughs> oh, gosh, it's so funny. The, the one that I really remember that I saw on YouTube... Because uh, I used to work with a guy who used to love this movie, like, ironically. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, dude, Nicolas Cage just runs around punching women in the face for, like, the last half hour of the movie. But he's dressed up like a bear to try yeah. to, like, hide his identity. Mm -hmm. But they're going in, like, this procession to the Wicker Man. And he sees, like, the girl he's been looking for up at the altar, and they're acting like they're going to kill her or, like, sacrifice. And he walks up, and... While he's in this bear costume, punches the woman in the face. <laughs> and then he, like, gets the girl, and he's like, let's go, let's go. And it's so uneventful. Yeah. I'm here to rescue you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here to rescue you. But, and that leads into the whole, the bees, not the bees. Mm -hmm. uh, but the version we watched, we don't get the bees. We just... They're like carrying him, and then you hear him say the line, um, I'm not one of you. I do not believe in your gods. Ah, my legs! <laughs> Which cracked me up. It made me think of uh, Will Ferrell in the Austin Powers movies. He's like, Is anybody there? He's like, I'm extremely injured, but I am alive. <laughs> my legs are. Uh, are terribly broken. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of because it was just like ADR. Yeah. Like you're just seeing this wide shot of this procession going to the Wicker Man and you know what's going to happen but oh, yeah. then you hear Nicolas Cage just like screaming mm. I don't believe in your gods ah my legs that would crack me up. Because <laughs> uh, yes you need to tell us what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that also makes me think of Friday the 13th Part 4, 
where um I, I think his name's Rob is like the guy who's trying to help um Corey Feldman and his sister. And Jason's like fighting with him. He's like, ah, he's killing me. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of that too. <laughs> Which is always just so hilarious. Uh yeah, so I have pretty much any when Nicholas Cage becomes completely unhinged and starts like going off the wall. Why is it burned? Why is it burned? Why is it burned? <laughs> Uh, yeah that um the totally awkward thing with the plane pilot that was just a funny one um man how about when he drinks the the mug of mead and he just hammers it and he's like no that's good that's good (laughs) like what (laughs) yeah because i'm sure you drink mead all the time and then he slams the mug on the table and that's when he gets his badge out and starts hammering on the table (laughs) Oh, yeah. And he squashed a bee. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you do that? Ridiculous. Oh, and the whole thing with the teacher, too. So mm-hmm. he t- confronts the teacher, and then, like, he's walking around, and then he comes up to, like, these people working in a field, and he's like, didn't I just talk to you? Sister Rose or something like that? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he just kind of walks off. Yeah, that was like, really dumb. Was that the same woman? Because it didn't really look that much alike. I didn't think so. So I don't know if they were trying to play it off as like her sister, if it was supposed to be her. He's just being crazy. Um, talking about the teacher, um, the funny thing. Uh, another the funny one. Yeah, the bike. <laughs> <laughs> He like pulls out the gun and he's like, step away from the bike. Take your stupid mask. Uh, Great delivery. Yeah. That's that seems to be like a classic cage delivery. Mm. Because it, it kind of reminded me of um Con Air. Yeah. <laughs> Put the bunny down. <laughs> Without the southern accent. Yeah, the bad southern accent. And then the whole scene, then he jumps on the bike and he's riding it and it's just hilarious. I don't know what it is. It's like this old timey bike, but like Nicolas Cage riding it is just hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. It's so awkward. Um, is, is there anything else that sticks out to you that you remember? There's so many wacky things in this movie. Yeah. No, just chaos, man. <laughs> chaos. Um, One thing I'll say that sticks out to me in all the wrong ways, and I mentioned it to you before you watched it, how about those opening credits that are written in freaking papyrus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Forgot to make note of that. Any, any graphic artist out there like us? Because I texted our friend Jason, who's done the show with us a few times, I'm like, dude, the opening credits for The Wicker Man are done in papyrus, <laughs> so you yeah. know it's going to be a good movie. Set mm-hmm. the tone. Yep. And, which is crazy, wow. too, because this was 2006. Uh, well, no, I guess maybe it would have been a little bit time appropriate, like before, I think it was maybe before papyrus really got slammed for being yeah. terrible. But... <laughs> Uh, good old Papyrus. I guess Comic Sans just wasn't um, hitting the feels enough. <laughs> but, uh, I guess get into the trivia and facts. I thought there would be more for this than what there really was. Um, so Robin Hardy, um, director and co-writer of the original film, and Christopher Lee, who played... Um, uh, Summer Isle in the original movie uh, were both very critical of the remake. Hardy had his name removed from the film's credits as he did not want to be associated with it. Hmm. Uh, so this movie was not screened for critics, and it's probably a good thing. Yeah. Did, uh, um, hold on, did the first one, was the first one pretty popular? Have you yeah. seen it? It's, I've never seen it. I want to watch it. I've seen bits and pieces of it. Uh, it's usually considered one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's what the thing is. Is like that one's like supposed to be really good, and then this one's terrible. <laughs> yeah, 
just yeah it's i heard it's a real slow burn so it's from 1973 Hmm. but um so nicholas cage objected to the criticism that the film was unintentionally funny he was saying that he and neil laboot um knowingly made the picture as an absurdist black comedy and it should be taken and seen as and judged as that Hmm. I don't agree with that. Okay. I think it was just bad, Nick. <laughs> I think you just don't want to admit that. <laughs> uh, so the film is actually dedicated to the late musician Johnny Ramone of the Ramones. Um, and the reason for that is that he introduced Nicolas Cage to the original movie. So they uh, dedicated this remake to Johnny Ramone. Oh, man. <laughs> the late Johnny Ramone. Wonder how he felt. He would have felt if he'd seen it, right? Uh, so Winona Ryder turned down the role of Willow, and instead they got a woman who looks like the Wish dot com version of Fiona Apple. <laughs> well, she did one thing that stuck out, and actually, I think it may have worked to the benefit is that she had such a unique look, and being a part of a cult, I feel like it just kind of fit. fit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the typeface of the opening credits is identical to that used in the original one. And like I said, it was papyrus. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. So that's probably part of the reason, too, why they did it. Man, I didn't realize it was that old. Yeah. I guess I never really cared how old papyrus was. <laughs> <laughs> it's been around since the Egypt- old Egyptians. <laughs> that's why it's called papyrus. Ah. Uh, so... <laughs> uh, Nicholas Cage's character of Edward Malice punches out three women in the movie, <laughs> uh, which is great. He uh, um, he started punching women women in movies before it was popular, because now you have like uh, I think of the Die Hard movie where Bruce Willis punched uh, a girl, and then also like I think in the John Wick movies, you know they have a lot of female hit hit women, yeah, and so now it's a lot more common that guys will get into fist fights with girls. Terminator three. Yeah. The female Terminator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I mentioned... set the trend. <laughs> He's, he got the ball rolling. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, so I mentioned earlier that James Franco is only in the theatrical cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing I got is this movie cost $40 million and it made 38 in the box office. Mm. Boom, 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 boom. Oh gosh! So, grades. I pulled from IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think they are? Um, a four point eight. It's a three point seven. Oh my gosh, dude! That did worse than Baywatch Nights. Oh, <laughs> uh, Baywatch Nights. Um, and it did worse than No Holds Barred. I thought it was going to like be around the range of No Holds Barred. Anyways, uh, Ron Tomato Critics, let's go with, uh, 28. 15. Oh, man. Yeah, this movie is kind of known for being terrible, so. Wow, when No Holds Barred was that low, I'm trying to see what the next closest one would have been. Ladybugs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, audience, twenty-one percent, seventeen. Oh, a little, little bump up. Okay, yeah. Um, I'll let you go first this time. Oh man, this is this is tough because my grade for it as a movie would be different than it since we're doing it in awesomely bad month. Like if I was look, if we were just doing it normally, I would rate it lower. Mm-hmm. But this is an awesomely bad. Uh, movie that we're doing and it was entertaining it it was a little slow at times it was a bit of a mess but it was entertaining and um you know just nicholas cage factor um i think i'm going to land at putting it at a three out of five okay I was anywhere between a 2.5 and a 3.5. Um, 
because you know like i'm giving it an awesomely bad rating yeah um and i think three is a good spot to land out that's funny you and i are kind of around the same area i gave it a two and a half okay um the reason I dropped it down that half point is because it made me mad because I couldn't figure out what was going on. <laughs> like with all the facts and stuff, it they got to be way too much and that kind of annoyed me. Uh, but then like the funny, the unintentionally funny stuff um, and how crazy and unhinged Nicolas Cage is and like the climax mm-hmm. um, is entertaining and just cracks me up. So um, yeah, I think a two and a half for me is pretty solid. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. So, because, yeah, I don't, I mean, for now, if this was a normal, like if we were just rating the movie for normally, for being normal, you know, for being in the kind of horror movie genre, whatever you would want to call it, thriller, yeah. suspense, mystery, um, I would probably go to 1.5, maybe a 2. Okay. Um. Yeah, so just for that perspective there. Yeah, just being a cult movie, too. Not like having a cult following, but like a movie about a cult. <laughs> Gives it that creepy feeling, too. Like, cults yeah. are always creepy. Mm-hmm. Because they're real. <laughs> <laughs> like, something like this could possibly happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's the thing, too. It's that... in the realm of reality. Yes, that was the thing, too, that... um with the whole setting and everything, because it's just like, Hey, you've got secluded places and things like that. Like there was a game that came out. uh, I don't know if you know the far cry series, but they did, I think it was far cry five and they did in the middle of Montana. And there's so much, um, in middle of nowhere in that Mm -hmm. state. That's just like, yeah, dude, like, you could have people do crazy stuff and there wouldn't really be much that anybody could do about it unless you called in like the national guard. Yeah. Like that Wyoming, Alaska, like Mm -hmm. these big sprawling States where there's sparse population, pretty much anything could happen. Northern Canada. There's no one there. Delaware. (laughs) We're in in Delaware. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh! <laughs> still one, of, still one of my favorite ways world lines. Oh, so next week we're gonna be we're gonna be covering a doozy here, um, using a movie that people consider the best, awesomely bad movie of all time. Um, I know it's gonna be a first time watch for you, and I've watched it once before, and I'm kind of looking forward to watching it again. And um, that's the room. Mm-hmm. There's lots of backstory for that one, so I'm sure I'll find some interesting um, trivia and facts for it. And I'm kind of looking forward to rewatching that one. Rock. Uh, a movie so notorious that they actually made a movie about making the movie, mm-hmm. which it was about. Um, wasn't that that disaster artist? Speaking of oh, James Franco. Yeah. Yeah, James Franco. Yep, I think yeah. Pretty sure yeah, that was and it. it's about um Tommy Wiseau who is quite possibly an alien. <laughs> Cuz the guy the guy's so weird. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's the film chronicles an unlikely friendship between aspiring actors Tommy Wiseau and um Craig Sestero, that results in a production of Weezo's film, The Room. You're breaking me apart, Lisa. Oh, and it's also, it's um, produced by James Franco, starring James Franco and Dave Franco. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have to watch that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to watching The Room again, just hearing some of the backstory in it because how did this get made did an episode on the this movie and they had the guy that plays mark oh hi mark (laughs) in it um and he gives like a lot of backstory and stuff because he knew tommy before they even made the movie Mm -hmm. so it should be pretty interesting 
Right. Um, yeah. So check that out too. Give a little more backstory. But yeah, if you guys are enjoying the show, um, please like, sh- share, and subscribe. Um, leave a review if you want to. Um, we're on pretty much every platform. Uh, follow us on social media. We're on what Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, TikTok. most most active on Twitter than Facebook, and then we're trying to get back in TikTok. So yeah, so check us out there uh, if you guys are into this kind of stuff and come by next week we'll be talking about the room but until then as always be kind and rewind